because I've seen the transition of you go from, you know, selling out the back of your car, you know what I'm saying, networking to the kiosk and things like that. Like, where did the funding come from, you know what I'm saying, for you to be able to do that? Was it all off t-shirt sales? How did you how did you manage to get all that and pull that off? So, actually, all, like, I would say till now, everything's been, like, no money out of my pocket. Okay. So, basically, what I did is I... Asked, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so... Everything that you've done up to this point, you haven't come out of your pocket. Well, I would say till I got the kiosk till now. Okay. Um, no money out of my pocket. So, where's the money coming from? <laughs> so basically, it was the t-shirt sales, and also I had got investors. So, okay. I, I would post on my social media saying I have an opportunity where people can invest in my brand, mm -hmm. and they'll get like ten to twenty percent interest on their money based on how much they give me and I use yeah. that. I tell them exactly what I'm gonna use it for. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna use it all on inventory because yeah. I could turn 10 and a 50 real quick. You posted on Snapchat and you said, look, I'm looking for investors. And did you know these folks? No. And people just threw you the bread to be able to, like, what were you posting? Like how? This, so, this, this, is, I'm, I'm, this is interesting to me because I wouldn't bite off an a ad to say, hey, I'm looking for an investor, this and that. Like, what, what's the secret sauce to this? So I have like a private story. So I would extract, I have my main story with everyone who's watching and then I have a private story, which I extract everyone mm -hmm. and I extract them into this private story. So I kind of have an idea of who's interested in making money. Hold on, break that down to me again. So you have to opt in on Snapchat and... People who opted in, I would just cater specific videos, showing them like the numbers, how what's gonna happen, and mm. people would just start swiping up, saying like, "Yo, I want to invest." Um, okay. So far, we've been able to fundraise over twenty thousand. Wow. Yeah. Hold up. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap. Listen, man, this is gonna be good. I got a good friend of mine, man. Actually. A, I would say more of a mentee. Uh, a mentee turned into almost a, a business uh, partner, business friend. I don't know, man. We just vibe out. I agree. Um, I got my guy Malik with me, man. Owner of the fashion brand uh, Lost Hearts. I don't know if you guys have seen him. If you guys have seen him on uh, social media, or if you're here in Memphis, if you've seen him in the mall, man. But he's killing the game when it comes to the apparel industry. So I got him on here. Uh, we've been talking off, man. We've been talking off camera for a long time about some of the moves and stuff like that that you've been making. And uh, we just been waiting on the right time to make this happen. So I'm excited, man. I got you in the studio. I know that uh, you're moving into the education space. I know that you are killing the game, man. As a as a young 19 year old, bringing in over five figures, man, with your with your fashion line. So. I want to dive into how you've been able to create this this success, man. So I'm gonna jump right into it if, if that's cool with you. Let's do it, man. Talk to me about this kiosk, man, because once you came, when, when I saw the idea, I was like, "Oh, kiosk, okay, kiosk in the mall." Personally, as a 36 year old entrepreneur, I've seen the mall literally start declining, and I was just like, man, "I don't know if that's a, a good idea," but you know, I never I never discourage people. Like, let's go for it. Let's see what it it, it does. And bro, you've been killing it. So tell me about this kiosk and how all this stuff came together. So I actually got a mentorship from um, World Envision. Okay. So I always wanted to open a kiosk, but I was just, you know, kind of hesitating. Um, I didn't know when it was going to be or how it was even going to work. Yeah. I didn't even know if I could afford it or not. Um, okay. I purchased a mentorship program that was $3,000. I did not have $3,000. Yeah. I took a risk. Um, okay. How did you come up with the money? Uh, I put like a percentage of it down. 
So okay. they let me put a percentage of the money down to get in the program. Okay. And with that, I was like, I already knew the va- the information was more valuable than a price tag. So I, oh, just, yeah, I sure. just took the risk. And then 28 days later, um, I got in my kiosk and I made the most money I ever made in that month. What's the course? Uh, that's what's up, man. Congratulations yeah, on you. it. Was the course specifically designed around how to start a kiosk or that was just your idea and you took the information from the course and applied it to what you already had your goal set as? So it was a, just about, it was just a clothing brand um, mastermind, like basically how to scale gotcha. your clothing brand. Okay, um, okay. And it was just all about clothing brands, um, how to scale your in-person location from a pop-up to a kiosk. Okay. Yeah. So they did cover how to scale from a pop-up to a, a kiosk. So, Absolutely. okay. So man, with the online market growing, you would think that, you know what I'm saying, the kiosk business would be, uh, of course, some seasons like holidays, Christmas and things like that, when the mall sees most of the traffic, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But you're doing, you got a kiosk in there now, and it's not peak season or anything, but you've been able to generate some significant sales, man. So talk to me about the whole strategy of the kiosk. Was it difficult to get it? Like, is it pricey? Like, how does that, uh, how does all that work? So step one, you're going to have to talk to the leasing person in whatever mall you're in. Okay. And then you're going to have to figure out if they have any open kiosk available in your mall. Okay. And then you're going to um, ask them, like, how much is it going to cost? to rent every month uh-huh. um can you rent out a weekend can you do a short lease stuff like that so you don't even have to do the whole full time like you can just pick certain weekends that you want to be absolutely okay. yeah so if you don't like because they say if you don't know if you want to be in the kiosk yet you could just rent out a weekend see if this is what okay. you want to do and if that's something you do want to do then you can extend the like the lease oh okay that's what's up man yeah. what about placement uh do they have a lot of options is it is it you can be anywhere in the mall is it certain a certain place that you you prefer to be placed at to be able to generate the most traffic so it's really on like what's open so okay. um it's really like when you pick it you want to pick the right location because location yeah. is everything when it okay. comes to like pop-ups because mm-hmm. if you're next to the bathroom where the dj they can't hear you and mm. no one wants to really be over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say I got really blessed with a good location because right next to the food court. Okay. So, um, and that wasn't even my idea. They, mm. I was really supposed to be next to the Cheesecake Factory, but something okay. they had extended their lease so that we had to move somewhere else. And okay. I just trusted that, that was going to be where I needed to be. Well, it's working out, man. Every right. time I'm in the mall, you guys have a crowd around uh, the kiosk. Yeah. And I'm sitting back, I'm just like, because I've never, I've never watched you from start to finish on how you, you know, stop somebody, you know what I'm saying, to come by the kiosk. What's your opening pitch? I've never wa- witnessed you do that because every time I'm in the mall, it's always a crowd. So I'm always amazed. Like, man, I wonder how he's drawing this crowd. So, man, tell me, you know, what is, what's the secret to being able to, you know, have a successful kiosk in the mall? <clears throat> All right, we're gonna do a little role play right now. So let's do it. <laughs> as soon, if I see you walk in, and I could like, I could just, I just at this point, I kind of know what my ideal client is. Okay. So I'll just—it's really women, women with kids, um, okay. preferably like young boys. So, hey, Calvin, how you doing today? Pretty good. How about yourself, man? No complaints. Can I tell you a little bit about my clothing brand, Calvin? For sure. Let's do it. So my name Malik. I started this when I was 16, Calvin. I'm 19 now. Okay. And the whole meaning behind Lost Hearts is our generation, Calvin, mm-hmm. we're so caught up on our phone mm-hmm. that we never take the time to appreciate the things that are in front of us and we call sure. it life. So anything you love doing outside, Calvin, whether it's camp and hiking, even just going on a nice walk, that's mm-hmm. what Lost Hearts is all about, Calvin. For sure. 
Okay. And so I noticed that you're calling my name. Is it a point in the conversation before you get it started where you ask me like, hey, what's your name or oh, something yeah. like that? And then you continue to use their name throughout the sales pitch? Yeah, that that's a major gem. Okay. Always call them by their first name mm. and smile like at all times. Okay. And so after you give your pitch, what is the typical response? So then you you would say like, oh, I really like that. And I would say, perfect. What size shirt do you wear, Kelvin? Okay. Launch. Perfect. Would you like to get some shirts today? Yeah, for sure. Let's do yeah. it. And then I would tell them the price. And then after that, if they agree to buy in a shirt. Okay. Yeah. So there was the easy scenario. So if you, um, so if I'm walking by and you try to get my attention and I wasn't paying attention, you know how people do in the mall, you know what I'm saying? You distract you on your phone. I got a 10 year old daughter that's wanting to go in different stores and I'm listening. So how would you grab my attention? So I just, well, I just pull up on you. Like I'll yeah. walk up to you and just, Hey, how you doing? Can I tell yeah. you about my clothing brand real quick? And man, I'm a little bit busy. Uh, not, not right now. So be, when I first started, I would try to like go back and forth, be like, all I need is a quick second, but yeah. I've been learning. I only want to talk to people who are interested because mm. I don't want to be just getting like non-important data from people who really aren't interested in my brand. For sure. So like, I don't even, now I don't even collect people's phone number who like don't even really ask me how much they cost. Because when I know you ask me the price, yeah. you want it. Okay. So, yeah. And, and honestly, when we was doing the pitch, uh, I was tempted to ask you that, like, man, how much do they cost? Because I'm pretty sure that's the that's the, the the natural progression. So that's dope, though, because like you said you it's so many people in the mall. I don't know what the traffic looks like, but you can be spending your time talking to somebody that's not interested. Let them go and find somebody who actually is receptive to you know stopping or whatnot. That's what's up, man. So t t take me back. How did you get into the t-shirt industry, man? Most most kids at your age is in college, you know, going to college parties, pledging in the fraternities, you know, drinking and all that good stuff. But I met you at a professional networking event at 18 years old. I don't meet 18-year-olds at uh, a professional network where somebody like me who was 35 at the time kind of networks. But I've seen you literally at every networking event that I met. I remember we was talking, man. I was like, it's a conference coming up in Atlanta. We had just met, you know, that was the weekend that we just met. And I pulled down on this conference in Atlanta and I run into you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, man, tell me, how did you get into the uh, the t-shirt industry? So I would say it's all started in a parking lot okay. with an idea. So me and my one of my good guy friends, we were staying um, <clears throat> in a parking lot. Okay. And we were just talking about how cool it would be to have our own clothing brand. Mm -hmm. And I, the next day, I we had bought. How old were you at the time? I was about sixteen. Okay, so you were sixteen. Okay, yeah, cool. I was sixteen. We, I was sixteen. He was seventeen. We're sitting in the parking lot talking about how cool it would be to have our own clothing brand. Yeah. And then the next, the same day, we bought a cricket and a heat press for Michaels. Okay. I bought the heat press. He bought the cricket machine. Mm -hmm. That we brought it back to his house. We got the vinyl, mm -hmm. and then the next day we ordered. Um, the next day, we had got some hoodies, like okay. just like old Nike hoodies that we like have already been wearing. Okay, and okay. it was just a blank hoodie. And then I downloaded this app called Bazart on my phone, which is a free app. Bazart. Yeah, Bazart. Okay. And it, what it does, it's like a Canva bill. You can make logos on it. Okay. And okay. then within like the first thirty minutes, I made my first ever logo on this app. Cool. And I just up, <laughs> uploaded it to a. Uh, this thing called Cricket, like design space, uh -huh. and then it started cutting out my logo, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. I was like, "This shit crazy." Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, after that, after it was cut out, I peeled it, which yeah. was, I at first I was like, "This is a process to yeah, try yeah, to peel a lot of vinyl." Gotta weed the vinyl. Yes, yeah. weeding the vinyl was like 
hard for us. But then we figured <laughs> out a system for it. Yeah. We printed the first hoodie. And then I thought it looked turned out super dope. So I posted it on Instagram. Yeah. And people were like, yo, like, I really like this. So I was like, okay, we might have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it really started, like, getting a lot of engagement. So I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. So then I placed the order for 25 hoodies. Yeah. I already had some money because I used to sell shoes. Okay. So I had about, like, $800 to invest. Yeah. I just invested all of it into some hoodies. And we started making, I personally made <laughs> all these hoodies. And okay. it took a very long time. Oh, yeah. Cutting, let me tell you, you know, that's that's I, I, I'm very familiar with the t-shirt industry and I've weeded, if not a thousand pieces of vinyl, very close to it. Uh, so at 16, started the company, right? In the, in a garage, uh, not in the garage, I'm sorry, in a parking lot with your friend, had a vision, you know what I'm saying? How did you know what you want the t-shirt brand to be about? So I would say it really didn't come to like a couple months Actually, I would say like a year into it. Okay, that's so like I, I didn't ha actually have the meaning behind my brand at all. It okay. was just something I really I, like. I enjoyed doing. It was more like a hobby, not a business. Okay. Um, and it was really kind of random. I feel like God just really kind of placed the meaning like just in my lap. Like it was still it was what I loved doing. Like I yeah. grew up playing with my friends all day yeah, outside, yeah. and that's the personality I have now is because I used to play out all day outside with my friends. So okay. like. I want the younger generation to experience that because they're just watching TikToks all day and playing the game. So yeah. I that really is my passion. So that's why I just incorporated the clothing with that. Gotcha. Man, I got a 10-year-old and I bought her a uh, basketball goal for uh, Christmas. Uh, you know, John Morant, man, being here in Memphis, he's uh, inspired a whole new wave of uh, basketball players. <laughs> and, dude, I used to play outside all the time as a kid. And my daughter, for a long time, you know, they tablet, they tablet babies. They're in there, they playing with these tablets. And she is literally looking forward every day when she gets out, uh, out of school to going outside and playing uh, with a basketball goal or whatnot. So I can definitely see the difference, right? And when we grew up going outside playing, it built so much character. You know, you explore, you really, it, it, it's so much that comes along with being out outside, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's dope that you've created a clothing brand that, you know what I'm saying, promotes that message. What is like the big vision for the company? So my goal, our goal, we're going to open community centers all over the United States, but wow. the main one is going to be in Memphis because okay. what I've been learning is Memphis children really need the, us and yeah. like they just need something to do because for sure, for sure. They, like, they're doing all the wrong things. So mm -hmm. I just want to provide the environment and set up for them to actually do something they enjoy, whether it's basketball, soccer, swimming, where they're not judged and they could just do what a kid want to do. Yeah, man, that's dope. Uh, for for the audience, man, I'm going to drop all of your contact information. I'm going to drop all of Malik's contact information in the description. So y'all make sure y'all go down in the description, connect with him. Uh, also, man, if you guys are finding value out of this conversation, do me a favor, go ahead and smash the uh, subscribe button and turn on the notifications. So look, bro, let's let's. I want to kind of package all of this, right? 16, started the company with a vision. Now you're 19, and you're making five figures, you know what I'm saying, uh, as a, a clothing brand designer, right? Once you started 16, of course, you didn't know everything that you needed to do. You know, you just started with a, with a machine, and, and each step of the way you learned something. What was that biggest learning, you know, thing that you learned that, that clicked for you and really helped you take your business to the next level? 
if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm. So I used to have like the mindset, like, nah, I'll, I only want to do it. This is going to be my thing. No one's going to help me. But I noticed very quick, like, you can't be the marketer, the yeah. graphic designer, the seller. You like, you can't do all these different things. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and once I like learned that, and I watched this video, and it was like, just focus on like one thing within your business mm -hmm. and get really, really good at it. Mm. And with for that, it was sales because we I needed sales, so okay. I just okay. decided to focus all my learning on how to sell. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, that's probably the the biggest thing that most people fear. Right, is sales. I remember when I started my company, it was one of the things that I was the most afraid of was like getting getting rejected, getting no. So how did uh how did that development come about, man? And how did you I don't know if you ever had a fear of sales. If you did, like how did you overcome that? Um, kids you not anti social. Like you telling me to walk up to a random person and tell them about my business yeah. and try to convince them to buy it, uh -huh. I would not do that. Um <laughs> I would just say it was like a lot of like groundwork I had to do a lot of learning and just like actually doing it like I would say my first pop-up shop was in Chicago okay um I never sold like in person like mm -hmm. before um and I sold over 230 shirts but like basically wow. by myself in one day in one day wow That's yeah. What's up. <laughs> yeah so when I did that, I realized like, all right, this is a real thing, and like I could actually do this. So yeah. after that was just like a snowball effect, and I stayed consistent. I would go to university in Memphis okay. every day with a backpack full of shirts, and I would just sell every day. And I would literally just go, even if I didn't have product, I would go, mm -hmm. or had little to no product, I would just go just to practice on my communication skills because okay. I know when you learn sales, you can make money anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let me let me frame this for the the audience or whatnot. So you're originally from. Illinois from Chicago. Yeah, born and so raised. you did your first pop up in in, in Chicago, and, and and you mentioned the University of Memphis. So you're actually down here in Memphis because you're going to school here. Yes. Or or, or may, explain it if that's incorrect. So so I go to Southwest Community College right okay. now. Um, not too crazy about it. Um, yeah. What are you studying? <laughs> business. Okay. Um, you're studying business, but. I'm only taking like a couple of classes because I'm out of state tuition right now. Okay. So I have like a lot more free time to promote my brand, which is what I love doing. So okay. the days I wouldn't go to school, I would just fill up my backpack and go to University of Memphis, mm -hmm. meet, network, and sell my product. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and that really made me, it built my skin because okay. in the mall, it's you got you to gotta be tough. Yeah, yeah. You got to yeah. be very tough <laughs> to be up in that mall. For sure. Yeah. Bro, I think this is... Uh, such a dope conversation and i'm gonna tell you why so on the equity tap we interview so the podcast piece is what we're doing now right so we interview entrepreneurs uh to help inspire our audience and our audience is startup entrepreneurs uh and the goal is to help them raise their business iq right so that they can tap into the full equity but in a lot of cases we see the entrepreneurs that's already went through the phase that you've gone through right and it's a very small part of the conversation, right? We just jump right over it. Like, if you ask me all the things I had to do to start my company, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a very small piece of the conversation. We tend to focus on the success that they're having now. But what's dope about this man is you guys are watching literally a 19-year-old entrepreneur cut his teeth in business and talk about the things that most entrepreneurs, most startups are going to have to go through in order to, you know, generate the success that you see some of my previous guests uh, have so man if you're a startup entrepreneur if you're young please do me a favor tap in uh, and be taking notes here so look man talk to me about we talk a lot about data 
Oh, and I'll be honest, bro, you are my my go-to, right? <laughs> Whenever I'm trying to figure out some new AI technology and stuff like that, man, I just text you. I'm like, yo, Malik, how is there something out here to make this easy? And it never fails. You always have something that you're doing that's cutting edge, that makes the work a whole lot easier. Like, talk to me about, you know, just some of the processes and the systems and things like that, man, that you're using to stay in front of your customer, you know what I'm saying, and to drive more revenue. So I would say the biggest and most important thing in any business is collecting data, of course. So we have a system. We use Shopify POS. So um, after every customer who agrees to purchase some of our product, it's a non-negotiable that we collect their email and phone number. And the reason being is because they can't buy what they're not reminded of. For sure. sure. And um, it's not about the first initial purchase. It's about the lifetime value of a customer. So. If we don't have their information, how are they going to support us again? Um, So we use Shopify POS. After every purchase, we hand them our device and we get them to fill out this quick form. And then on our back end, we have different segments. So if we're in Memphis, I put them in my Memphis segment and for my kiosk segment. So I know that all these new database, people in my database, they came from Memphis and they came from my kiosk. And we just added this another one where it's ideal client. So if if people who are like, oh, my God, like, I love this, like, I'll buy three, four shirts, they're getting put in that ideal client because they love the brand. We want to nurture them. And five years from now, when that segment's a whole bunch of people, that's going to be the main segment we want to market to. Yeah. Bro, that's dope. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. Your mindset when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, organizing these categories is, uh, is very impressive because most entrepreneurs don't. You know, that's one of our biggest Achilles heels, right, is, is organizing so that we are able to effectively, uh, you know, capture that data and be able to market to it. I think it's dope that you got that section that's for the, you know what I'm saying, long-term customer, the person that's really bought into the brand. Where did that mindset come from, bro? Honestly, I don't even know. I would just say being around, like, high-level entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, when I first moved to Memphis, I made, like, a commitment to myself, like, the friends I used to have back home mm-hmm. can't be the friends I have in Memphis. So, mm-hmm. like, none of that, like, we going to the club, bar, like, nah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I would just go to networking events, and I'm thankful I was able to meet you. I met a lot of other people in Memphis that For I sure. could actually have conversations that aren't just, you know, who won a basketball game? Like, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care. Like, For sure. So For sure. just, I would say learning and being around other entrepreneurs, you'll pick up on small Things that they don't even realize that they say, but yeah. that just really could have changed your whole business just because they said that. Oh one yeah, thing. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's always about being in the right room. So let's transition a little bit because I know you're going into uh, the the coaching, the mentorship space, which you know what I'm saying. I think it's dope for you, man, because I tell people all the time because I do consulting and coaching. Right, the the best coach and consultant for ninety percent of people is somebody that's just one or two steps ahead of you. Right. I think a lot of people think that you have to have this massive success in order to be able to go back and help somebody. Not really. Everything that you're doing right now, you know, there's an entrepreneur that wants to be able to do this. And of course, as you continue to grow, you will continue to, you know, be able to coach and, and mentor at a high level. But I think the things that you're doing right now, being able to personally generate, you know what I'm saying, the revenue that you've been able to generate as a kid and not have to, and forgive me for calling you a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm 36, so... Uh, as a as a as a young adult man, being able to generate that revenue, you don't have to go work for anybody. You work for yourself, right? So, talk to me about the importance of just kind of the mentorship. How did you find value in it? What what, what was the mindset that made you seek mentorship? 
So I realized that there was going to be a window, like yeah. a ceiling that was going to be like kind of blocking me from okay. getting to that next level. Gotcha. Um, and I would just feel like you needed, I needed to be around clothing brand owners mm -hmm. who are doing what I want to do at a high level. Okay. So um, I watched my guys World and Vision. I've been watching them since I started my brand and I sure. always known that I want to get mentorship from them. Okay. And I didn't. I when I got accepted, I wasn't really thinking about all the other hidden things that come with buying mentorship programs. Mm -hmm. But I actually got um, in a, a group chat with nothing but clothing brand owners now. So now mm -hmm. I have built relationships with other clothing brands who bought the mentorship program, yeah. who are serious. And now we have a group chat called the Tribe of Millionaires where we talk every day, yeah, 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 just yeah. about clothing brand stuff, literally oh, yeah, every yeah. day. And that changed my life because I, <clears throat> I didn't have people to talk to okay. about a clothing brand every day. Yeah, like you can't. I can't talk to my mom, my dad about it. They don't own clothing brands. They don't know what it's like. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's what's up, man. So you realize that if you're gonna grow in this space, of course you got to get around the people. Has that uh has that takes root been valuable in a way that you've learned new technology, new softwares, and, and kind of some trade secrets that other people are doing to be successful? Uh, so valuable. So. In the mentorship program, they gave us some books we had to read before mm -hmm. we even like started learning about like how to scale your business up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really appreciate that because what I learned is if your mindset isn't like developed to take in a certain amount of income, yeah. it's not gonna stay. Mm. So we I had to read that we read this book called The Tribe of Millionaires. Okay. Um and it was basically like a few like major components of how like uh, the right group of people, basically the right group of people will compound your efforts. Okay. And there's a effect called the account accountability effect. Okay. So like, so like basically if I see you dropping content every day, uh -huh. I'm like, dang, Kelvin going crazy with the content. Now I got to drop some. Yeah. So my guy, one of my guys in my uh, group chat, he did, he has a mental health brand. Um, okay. And we were on a call, our weekly call and our mentor was like, man, some of y'all got mental health brands but aren't doing anything in the real world to solve this problem. And mm. I was like, dang. Yeah. And then he already knew he was talking about him. Yeah. The next day, he has a his brand's called Make Self-Love Contagious. Okay. So he had a, like a self-love club at like a Panera and he had just like a small like round table and just, you know what I'm saying? They just talked about like sure. mental health stuff. And I was like, dang, he yeah. just did an event. Now <laughs> I got to do something. For sure. So then... um. <laughs> I did my like my second um, community event, and we played kickball at University of Memphis. Okay. And I honestly was not even thinking about doing no event. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like that's like three <laughs> years down the line. Like I don't, no one's gonna come, no one's gonna show up. And yeah. I sent out a text to all my Memphis people that we're gonna be at University of Memphis mm -hmm. and we're gonna give out free shirts. And we had a pretty good turnout. We played mm -hmm. a full game. Wow. Um. So. Yeah, and that was just the, off the strength of me being in that group chat and yeah. him doing it, and I'm like, dang, now I got to do it for real. For sure, for sure. So, yeah. And, of course, that, that, and that, that's actually a good segue into what I want to talk to you about because during that kickball tournament, I'm pretty sure you got a ton of content. Uh, you probably added more contacts to, to your list or whatnot. Talk to me about this content, content piece, man, because it is uh, the great mystery, right? 
Do you post this? Do you not post this? How much do you post? Uh, what platforms do you post on? Uh, all of these questions, right? Content is just a big question mark. I think the only thing that we do know about content is you got to put it out there. So what is like the content strategy that you've seen effective, man, for, for your brand? And what are some of the things that you see people missing uh, when it comes to content? Storytelling. You told me this a while ago. Yeah. Um, storytelling is very, very important. People mm -hmm. like like authentic, like I really wish I documented when I was in that basement, like the whole process, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. starting to do that now because like we have no online orders. Okay. People want to know that like, because when they look back and see that you were just upfront, like, Hey, we have no online orders right now, but I know yeah. two years from now, we're going to be so stressed out because we have so many online orders, mm, yeah. but they want to see that whole process. Like everyone looks at Louis Vuitton, but no one like looks about when he first started that brand, how was he selling it? He wasn't selling $2,000 purses off rip. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, people love seeing, like, the behind the scenes and, kind of, like, narrate it with your okay. own voice. I've been seeing you doing a lot of, like, voiceover content. You know, hey, this is an event that we did. This is how it went. And you take people along that journey. I thought that was dope. So, storytelling is working. What are some of the uh, things that most people, like, the pitfalls that most people fall into? Uh, and I guess what I'm trying to ask is, how often should people post because I think for me that's like the biggest thing like you don't want to overwhelm people with information but you look at some of these big pages like Grant Cardone these folks posting 50 pieces of content you know what I'm saying like this quick they pushing it out you look at their timeline their stories you know what I'm saying it's real small you look at mine mine big because I only got three of them right uh, have you is there a formula to that have you found something that works best for you or is it just kind of all a mystery I would say with the story, I noticed that like if I don't post anything on my story and like post something, okay. I'll get like a whole bunch of views. But with the like actually posting on the feed, mm -hmm. you gotta post like post as much as you can because like you could say you're gonna overwhelm them, but they're already getting overwhelmed if they're getting yeah. on the app. Like they're seeing videos of girls, education, basketball, like it's already overwhelming as it is. Yeah. Your one, two videos aren't gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So you saying on the feed? Yeah. Is that's the so the feed is where it stays on there permanently. So yeah. not the stories mm -hmm. and not the reels. Because I know it was a big push for reels, uh, and a lot of people are doing reels now. Uh so but the feeds is what you're finding that you see a lot of success in. Well I would say like really Truth be told, you should only be posting reels on Instagram at this point because okay. they're trying to compete with TikTok. They're trying to be outbeat TikTok, so yeah. they're only really pushing the short, the short content, like the real kind of content. Okay, okay. Look, so let's transition a little bit, man. I know that, like I said, you're getting into that uh, the education uh, piece. I know you're you're working through what that program and that platform is going to look like. Tell me a little bit about what, what you're going to be covering, man. I know you're going to be helping other entrepreneurs that want to kind of do the same thing that you've been able to do. Tell me a little bit about what this education and this content is going to be about. So we're going to have some, we're going to have some eBooks and we're going to have some courses. So we're going to have like a free eBook, like just the five steps you need to like get started. Okay. Then we're going to have like some on like one-on-one -on -one coaching calls. Like you could just ask me whatever questions you want okay. Uh, okay. for like an hour. And then we're going to have like an actual in-depth course on like giving you basically everything, like how to start, how to get your designs, mm -hmm. how to get the shirts made that you don't actually have to make them, okay. how to get your first $1,000 a week, how to get your first $10,000 a month, yeah. like just breaking down everything and how to do it. 
Oh, that's gonna be dope, man. Yeah, that first thousand. You said first thousand dollar week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think when people can see that first thousand dollars, I think that's when it gets real, right? Mm-hmm. Like the belief is built high, and like you said, you've been able to do way more than that. So then you also take them to the next level, how to do ten thousand dollars in sales. So what is the main, like the main? For I know it's gonna be several different things in the course that you're gonna be teaching and in the mentorship program, but like, what is that main thing that you're gonna hone in on? That if someone's watching this and wanting to get into the apparel t-shirt industry why should they focus on or why should they do your course like what is it primarily going to be focused on maybe one of the things i would say yourself and i would say focus like developing yourself and your why okay that's gonna be like the most important thing ever because if you don't have those no one no one's going to really support your brand in the long term okay so helping people understand uh, the purpose, outline the purpose, and how to communicate that, that purpose to the audience. Uh, and I know we talked off camera, man, uh, extensively about the, the kiosk uh, piece. Will that part of it be a part of the course as well? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So you'll take people from start to finish on how to start the, the kiosk uh, yeah. with the, the set-aside financially. I think the biggest part, man, with the T-shirt uh, game is the production. I'm saying like that's the biggest headache. Yes. Will you be giving people game on, you know what I'm saying, how to source it? Like talk to me about the production piece, man. How did you find your your current production vendors? So I would just go I had to do some research. Like okay. a lot of people just want them to be spoon fed. Like you gotta do some research. Yeah, so yeah. I would just say like I just looked up screen printers near me. Okay. Um started calling them up, giving them my logo, see how much it would cost to get these shirts printed. Um, with size tags, um, and just see what, and just call a whole bunch of different people, see which one gives you the best price, and mm-hmm. then you could just go from there, see which one you want to work with. Always get samples before okay. you do a bulk order, because you want to check their work, check how their screen is going to look after a wash, yeah, after yeah. a dry, so mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that's going to be extremely valuable, man. Because like I said, I know that's probably one of the most difficult things people have is first, okay, how do I get the design? Then when I get the design, who do I get to print it? And I think people sometimes can be sticker shocked, you know what I'm saying, about how much it actually costs. Uh, but I know in conversations you've been able to find, first of all, I've, I got several pieces of your apparel. You know, the quality is great. I wear them all the time. I know some of y'all probably seen me wear them on, on the actual interviews. Uh, I wear them all the time. So not only have you been able to get them at a, a great price point, but the quality is good. And that's like an oxymoron in the, in the fashion industry. Either you're going to get good quality and you're going to pay top dollar for it, uh, or you're going to get it cheap and the quality going to, you know what I'm saying, going to suck or whatnot. So, man, uh, let's transition a little bit. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, actually, what I want to do is I'm, I want to document this more, say, uh, per se, because I know that I see the vision. I know where you're going to be at, you know what I'm saying, because I know your grind and I know how hard you move when it comes to building your brand. So talk to me about what's next, man. I want to document this. So when we look back, you're 21. So you know, check this interview that we did when he was 19. He said he was going to be here. Like, what's the vision for Lost Hearts? What's, what's your goals? So I would say one of the biggest ones right now, like the next problem that we got to solve for profit is finding someone to take over this kiosk so okay. I don't have to be there. Um, that's like one of the most biggest ones mm-hmm. that I'm going through right now. Okay. And my main goal, we're just going to have, it's going to be like, this is going to be like a McDonald's, but with community centers. So like every state, every city, I want my lost heart community centers there okay. because these kids need something to do. It's going to be everything a child could think of having like swim. And someone actually gave me an idea at these community centers. I don't think their phones are going to work. 
So you have no choice but to communicate to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's dope. But they yeah. got to put the devices away. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, unless you have, like, a certain, like, access code, like, you could get on the Wi-Fi, but, like, I don't want no technology there, like, no tablets, no PS4s, none of that. Ooh. Like, you have no choice when you come here. You're going to be rolling in dirt. You're going to yeah. be, you know what I'm saying, talking to friends, communicating in a group setting because that's very, very important. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's dope, bro. So, you know, um, I, I meant to ask you this, man, prior uh, to us jumping into, like, what's next for you uh, because I've seen the transition of you go from, you know, selling out the back of your car, you know what I'm saying, networking to the kiosks and things like that. Like, where did the funding come from, you know what I'm saying, for you to be able to do that? Was it all off T-shirt sales? How did you how did you manage to get all that and pull that off? So, actually, all, like, I would say till now, everything's mm -hmm. been, like, no money out of my pocket. Okay. So, basically, what I did is I... Asked oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so, everything that you've done up to this point, you haven't come out of your pocket? Well, I would say till I got the kiosk till now. Okay. Um, no money out of my pocket, so... Where's the money coming from? <laughs> so basically, it was the t-shirt sales, and also I had got investors. So okay. I would post on my social media saying I have an opportunity where people could invest in my brand, mm -hmm. and they'll get like ten to twenty percent interest on their money based on how much they give me. And I use mm -hmm. that. I tell them exactly what I'm gonna use it for. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna use it all on inventory because yeah. I could turn ten and a fifty real quick. So I did that. Hold up, hold up. We, we got to slow down right here. So you posted on Instagram. Snapchat. 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 That's that's even better. So you posted on Snapchat, and you said, look, I'm looking for investors. And did you know these folks? No. And people just threw you the bread to be able to, like, what were you posting? Like, how? This, so, this, is, this, is, I'm, I'm, this is interesting to me because I wouldn't bite off an a ad to say, hey, I'm looking for an investor, this and that. Like, what, what's the secret sauce to this? So, um, honestly, I would just record myself like, hey, how you guys doing? I got a clothing brand. Um, so I actually show like, so I have like a private story. So I would extract, I have my main story with everyone who's watching and then I have a private story, which I extract everyone mm -hmm. and I extract them into this private story so I kind of have an idea of who's mm -hmm. interested in making money hold on break that down to me again so I've seen the private groups on Instagram right the the green little deal let you know that you're part of the private group and you have your general group with everybody's in it so you're saying you're extracting people from the general group into the private group yeah so it's on the consumer to either accept to join or not so like right. it's like a private story so you have the main story where everyone who has me as a friend can see. Okay. But then on that story, I have an option where they can opt into my private story. So I'm, I'm in people's private group, and I've never had to opt in. Is that an option that you can make it to where they have to opt in? Or did I opt in and then realize it? Uh, well, if it's on Snapchat, you have to opt in. It. Oh, oh yeah. okay. So we're still talking Snapchat. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking about Instagram. Nah, you good, you okay, good. my bad. My bad. Okay. So I'm following. See, I don't know much about Snapchat at yeah. all. Okay. Okay. So you have to opt in on Snapchat. And people who opted in, I would just cater specific videos, showing them like the numbers, how what's going to happen. And people mm. would just start swiping up, saying like, yo, I want to invest. Um, okay. So far, we've been able to fundraise over 20000 Wow. Yeah. Hold up. Yeah. I didn't know this part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. All off of Snapchat, bro. Yeah. Running this play where you record yourself, tell people the number, show people what you're doing, and people are like, yo, yeah, I take 10% of my money. What is, I don't know if you, 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 you can say this, but like, what is the most one person has ever given you? Um, 3,000. 
3,000. Yeah. And what was the return on the investment? Uh, they got 3,400 back within oh. like a month and a half. Wow. Yeah. Do you still uh, open it up for investors? Um, yes. Um, I, I'm still like, this is something I love doing cause I love uh -huh. making other people money. So like, yeah. I'm still kind of learning about like the private equity, but yes, but I'm ta not taking as many investors as I used to because uh -huh. I learned like, as like the more investors I take, the more I got to pay out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I only want the people who have been investing with me who actually believe in my brand mm -hmm. and I only take a couple, but, okay. um, if they invest more, they obviously get more back. Yeah. And I just want like a tighter investor group. So I don't have to be, sure. have 10 investors just to get like yeah. 50,000 or something. And, and it makes sense. Uh, and, you know, this is a great option for someone who does not have, you know, the capital to be able to, to get into the game. Like, here's an option. You know what I'm saying? Put a plan together, effectively communicate that plan. You know, there's some strategy in there where you, you know, extracted and you did some Snapchat plays and stuff like that, which, is is that's that's who you are. That's why I call you. I'm like, bro, what what are you doing to make this happen? So there were some plays in there, uh, but the biggest thing is people are willing to invest by you know what I'm saying via social media. So the excuse of not having any money is is basically irrelevant. So you initially raised twenty thousand, was it? No, that's all in total. Okay, okay. You raised up twenty thousand in yeah, investment thus yeah, far. Yeah. So how much were you able to raise to help you get, you know what I'm saying, the brand off the ground and then the kiosks and stuff like that? So that was ten thousand. So okay. um ten thousand went into like opening up this whole like kiosk. So okay. uh, we invested like seven thousand into just straight inventory. Mm. Um, so that was like the most amount of inventory that we were ever able to get. Yeah. Um the first time, like the first month in the kiosk we did uh, hoodies and joggers okay. as a set and we were selling them and that was easy to pay back the investors but the second time we ran out of inventory too quick and mm -hmm. one of the problems was we didn't have more enough inventory to match the demand okay so i was stressed out like yeah, i was yeah. like i was like dang <laughs> like no money coming in like yeah. this is a problem so i we had to solve the problem i purchased two thousand t-shirts yeah the most amount of shirts i ever ordered was 500 Mm. So when I purchased two thousand, we're still trying to fill those boxes right now. Like okay. it's a lot. Of, it's a lot more t-shirts than I expected, but that was also over like forty thousand worth of inventory. So okay, okay. Yeah. So initially, you did the um, seven thousand dollars in inventory. No, the first like the first one in the kiosk was like it was five, it was like five thousand worth of inventory okay the second time like what we are selling right now was like seven thousand like seven and a half thousand so the first time you did the hoodies to the joggers to match five thousand dollar investment those sold out pretty good you was able to pay the investors back did another round of investors mm -hmm. or investments then you went and purchased the seven thousand yeah and then you sold out of that pretty quick uh we're still selling them right now okay yeah. okay so once you sold out what that was so once you sold out how did you Fix that problem. So, and I guess what I'm trying to figure out, because I'm still trying to figure out, so you sold out of the, the hoodies and the, what you call it, there was a problem, and mm -hmm. you didn't have any inventory. Yeah. And so you was basically sitting on your hands at that point. Yeah. Okay, I got you. And then you did the next round of funding, and you got, you know, the T-shirts that you're still selling right now. Yeah. Okay, I got you. How, so, go ahead, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, like, it was just one of the problems that we were having, and I had a talk with my mentor. He was like, "You just need more inventory." Yeah. So I just we have a like my whole goal now is we want like uh, we want to be so stressed out that we have too much product. Mm. Okay. Why too much? I 
Because I was, as you were saying, and I was like, man, selling out, that's a good thing, right? Nah. You know what I'm saying? You done paid your investors off. You done made you some money. You, uh, you're you not in the negative, right? You don't owe anybody. You all, It's all to the good. But, of course, you're not making anything, so. Yeah, you, like, I would say in the clothing, I feel like it's come almost in all business. Yeah. You want to have inventory at all times because if you don't have any inventory, you can't make money. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah for sure. If the farmer's market don't got fruit, how they going to get paid? That's real. That's so, real, yeah. You want more fruit than you can handle because okay. now a limited amount of money you can make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So based on, you know, current sales and revenue, like what is that next round of investments looking like? How much inventory are you guys looking to get? So we have some big festivals lined up. Mm -hmm. um, this summer we're going to do Vegandale, which is June 10th. We're going to do, I just purchased uh, InvestFest. A booth oh, yeah. at InvestFest. Oh wow, you got yeah. it. Okay, that's what's up, man. Yeah, um, Look, if you need help, let me know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm planning on doing Essence Festival. That's like a huge one. Mm. So I'm definitely gonna want some investors for that one because okay. my mentors they made thirteen thousand in a in a day at, uh, at InvestFest. An InvestFest. I mean, okay. not at InvestFest. Essence. Essence Fest. Okay. So I definitely want to like come locked and loaded with a whole bunch of inventory. For sure. So we could really capitalize and make the most money. Okay. Um, I would say really like when we run out, because I don't want to strictly just rely on my brand on investors, but like mm. right now is really good because one, I'm basically collecting data for free, okay, um, which I could remarket to, and I'm getting a lot more t-shirts out into the world, which is creating the demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been, uh, I'm a part of your text group, man. I see a lot of your text messages and stuff that goes out. How, how, how effective is the, the text message uh, campaign? Do you see them drive a lot of revenue to your site? Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like if you like set it up right and you have like, if you have everything scheduled out, you've been mm -hmm. promoting long enough, it definitely works. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, and I'm assuming you're going to be teaching all of this as a part of your program. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Look, I want to do this. I want to uh, let people know how they can keep up with you, man, as we kind of transition to the close. And uh, man, any closing advice that you have for entrepreneurs, man, it'd be dope. I know we can continue the conversation and we can go deep into this, man. Uh, but I think that, you know, this is a great stopping point because you've given away so much game and uh, I want people to connect with you. So do me a favor. Like I said, I'm going to put all Malik's information down below. I'm going to put the Lost Heart brand down below. Make sure y'all tap in. Uh, make sure y'all subscribe. Make sure y'all turn on notifications. Uh, but Malik, do me a favor, bro. Um, let people know how they can keep up with you and uh, any closing advice that you have that'll be dope. So you can keep up with us at Lost Hearts CO on Instagram. And if you like what you see, you could go to our website at LostHearts.com. For sure, man. You've given away a massive amount of game already, bro. But any advice that you have for entrepreneurs? Actually, this is what I do. I frame it. So entrepreneurs already got, the entrepreneur that we're specifically going to get this advice to already has a clothing brand, right? And they're generating a few hundred dollars, but they're not that serious, right? But they're wanting to be serious in this business. What should they consider or what should they thought process be as they're thinking about transitioning from it being like a part-time hustle to being something significant like what you've built? Uh, be ready to be stressed out. Um, <laughs> and I would say, uh, like, just be ready and find pop-up shops so you can start bringing in more money. 
Okay. So you would suggest they they do pop-up shops yeah. uh, as, a, as a next transition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, stress is a part of it, right? There's Absolutely. other things that you can do to manage stress, but I'd rather be stressed out and, you know, financially in a good position than broke and stressed out, right? Absolutely. Uh, so, nah, and I think that's real, man. A lot of people will sit, and, and that's one of the things I value about you, and that's one of the things I appreciate about you, man, is you just, you know, transparent, like, most people will tell you, oh, yeah, it's good, you know, things are great. But now nah, there's a level of stress that come along with being an entrepreneur, right? And as you grow, you'll figure those things out and how to manage that stress and bring on the right people. Uh, so we're excited, man, to see your growth. I want to thank you, bro, for uh, for coming. You know what I'm saying? You got the, uh, the lost hard kicks in the yeah. background, man. So I think that's dope, man. But, yeah, bro, look, uh, as things continue to grow uh, for your brand, can we get you back on the show? Yeah, let's do it. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, Kevin.